When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I just want to start off tonight... To all my Jewish viewers, happy Passover. It commemorates, commemorates the captive Israelites escaping the oppression of the Pharaoh after God sent 10 plagues. If you are not Jewish, you may know it as going to the grocery store and suddenly seeing a display of huge flavorless saltines. <laughs> Just wanted you to know there's more to the story than that. <laughs> Yesterday, New York City celebrated the passing of its own plague, the former president. (laughs) Oh, you heard. (laughs) He stopped by the city to get arrested for 34 felony counts of business fraud. And you know what? I'm not sure if that's fair. Business fraud is his brand. (laughs) Can you arrest? After his arraignment, he hauled his ass to LaGuardia, got on his private jet, flew to Mar-a-Lago, where he held an angry rally for all his cult members. That event began with a truly weird procession down the center aisle. Here comes Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle. There's (laughs) Tiffany, followed by Matt Gates. Then a waving Marjorie Taylor Greene. They look like the prom court if the theme was enchantment under arrest. <laughs> then, under indictment? Under, under arrest, under arrest. Next came pillow man Mike Lindell, who seems to have lost his date. Where's my pillow? Marco! Marco Pillow. (laughs) Then it was time for the former president to take the stage and inspire a nation with a six-minute list of unresolved grievances. (laughs) Well, come on, what do you expect? You're listening to a 76-year-old man in Florida. (laughs) Well, nice of you to show up. I wondered if you forgot I was alive. Maybe... You'd notice me if I was your cell phone. Anyway, it's cold in here, the cookies are stale, and I never loved you as much as your brother. (laughs) Some of his grievances, some of the old man's grievances got personal. This is where we 
are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife. Well, <laughs> at least that's one thing you and the judge have in common. <laughs> ben. Thank you. Then, one by one, he addressed all the crimes he so famously hasn't committed, starting with the one down in Georgia. In the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. I'm not sure that's supposed to be a laugh line. <laughs> Sir, how do you plead? Not guilty. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> then he moved on to the classified documents case. Then you have a radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax. You know, the boxes hoax, as we call it. You're at Mar-a-Lago. Everyone knows about the boxes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure during that speech, they used them as centerpieces. <laughs> so, here's the th was this just, It's all just yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. It all just happened yesterday. Yeah. I, time flies. So he was arrested and released, and we never got a mugshot. But that did not stop the ex-president's campaign from making one up and selling it on a T-shirt that says, not guilty. Okay, but if he's not guilty, why did you put him in a mugshot? <laughs> Just sell a poster that says, wanted for following too many laws. <laughs> the ex-president isn't cash-grabbing alone. He's got help from South Carolina senator and grown-up Campbell soup kid, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> oh, Lindsey. Went on the Fox News to make a dignified pitch to MAGA voters. I'm sorry I'm so upset, but please help President Trump. If you can fi afford five or ten bucks, if you can't afford a dollar, fine. Just pray. Pray for this country. Pray for this president. And if you got any money to give, give it. LindseyGraham.com. It doesn't go to me. It goes to helping this president and taking back the Senate. It doesn't go to me. It goes to the billionaire with the golden toilet and the private plane. <laughs> of course, if you want to kick old Lindsay a dime or two, Lord knows I could use it. I gave my last dollar to the president. Now I can't afford my food or my medicine, so I had to swap out my prescriptions for some pills I stole from a vet's office. And now I have feline leukemia. Amen. <laughs> He's driving. He's got to drive it. Get on the train. Drive the train. <laughs> <laughs> Graham isn't the only sad, lonely boy out there trying to get daddy to love him. So is the ex-president's least son, Eric, seen here wondering where Santa goes in the summertime. <laughs> Eric must have heard that the MAGA crowds in New York were pretty thin, because while his dad was in court, Eric tweeted this AI-generated fake image of the ex-president being followed by a massive crowd through the New York City streets. Wow, it looks like Rocky if you were rooting for the side of beef. <laughs> now, you can tell right away this is AI. First, because there's no way he would walk. But mostly, <laughs> mostly because the supporters' faces are total mix-up mush. 
Check out the two Secret Service guys, Dried Apricot <laughs> and Captain A. Wow. Then there's the Fisher Price business log, <laughs> and of course, Kellyanne Conway. Now, <laughs> there's. Look at it. Looks good. So it's really good. Oh, there's huge news from NASA. They have named the crew for the first human moon mission since Apollo. There they are. Look at that photo. Jim, put that photo back up, please. Put that back up. There. Not the orange jumpsuit I was hoping to see this week, but still pretty exciting. <laughs> this is an historic crew consisting of three Americans and one Canadian, also known as three astronauts and one astronaut. And they, all four, are going to be my guests tonight, right over there. Here at the Ed Sullivan Theater. It's like the Beatles from space. That is good as the Beatles, eh? I have been looking forward to this ever since I saw NASA's cool promotional trailer. from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this, is, this is pretty exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guests are astronauts who next year will fly further into space than any human ever has. Please welcome the crew of NASA's Artemis II mission, Christina Cook, Reed Wiseman, Victor Glover, and Jeremy Hansen. Well, this is terribly exciting. I want to go back in time and tell little Stephen Colbert he gets to do this for a living. Uh, it's an honor to have you guys here. I'm terribly excited for your mission, but certainly not as much as you guys are. You've been announced as the uh, Artemis II mission. Artemis One went out unmanned. You guys are going to go out the, the, the first crewed mission. Um, uh, let's, let's start with something obvious. For the people out there who don't necessarily believe in the final frontier, let's start with you as the Commander Reed. Why are we going back to the moon? Because we want to see humans on Mars. Yeah. Oh, so this is, this is step one. This? Okay. Yes. How, does that, how does that help? So we've been living and working on the International Space Station for about the last 24 years. You know it well. You love it. You have the cupola above us. Sure. Um, there it is. And so that was that. the first step in understanding humans off the planet. The next step to getting to Mars is to go learn how to work around the moon, get to deep space, get away from Earth, 
learn how to work on another celestial body. Once we have that nailed down, then we are going to Mars. What about the resources that we need to get from the moon to Mars? How, where do you, where's the fuel come from? So there's a lot of different opportunities, but we are almost positive there is ice on the moon in some of these shadowed regions of the craters. So we're going to go up. South is supposed to have a big old lake of ice, right? And like that the is the size why. of Puerto Rico or something. <laughs> big, big. Can somebody fact check him? I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> It is some so, fraction of Puerto Rico. So that that's is why what I know. We, that is why we want to go there on our next mission. We want to go, not the four of us, but our colleagues will go to the South Pole of the moon to look for this ice, to look for this water, and potentially we can use that to get to Mars. Okay. It's a history-making mission in many ways. First Canadian, first woman, first person of color on a lunar mission. Um, I, yes! I assume... Yes! <laughs> I assume you all have your own, uh, you know, uh, people in the earlier space missions, in the earlier programs that are heroes of yours. Let's, let's start with you, Christina. What's it mean to you now that you are that for other young people coming up? It's an amazing feeling, honestly. I think the real thing to celebrate about this mission is that we've made a decision as an agency, as a country, that we are going to go for all and by all. If we're not taking contributions from every single person with the talent ready to share it, then we're not truly answering humanity's call to explore. So the fact that we're going in this era is what makes me most excited about this mission. And the fact that I might be able to inspire like those people that paved the path for me, that's just amazing icing on the cake. So. Jeremy, uh, elephant in the room, you're a Canadian. Um, <laughs> Which is, and, and that's not why we made you sit at the end. <laughs> You're just the biggest guy out here. So, uh, how, how did this happen for you? How did you end up at NASA? Well, there's, there's probably a couple of reasons. You could, you could pick whichever one you like. I, you know, if something goes wrong in this mission, then, then NASA can blame Canada. I think it's probably... <laughs> <laughs> well, Canada will just say, sorry. <laughs> so we're all covered. Yeah, it's a great it insurance we'll policy. Coming. No. Uh, I, you know, the real reason, I think, and I've, I've been talking about it a lot this week since the announcement, but it's great American leadership. You know, it's not, not lost on anyone in Canada that if the United States wanted to go to the moon again, they don't need Canada to do it. It was a deliberate decision because they're thinking big. They want to curate a, a global partnership. And uh, I think that's tremendous leadership on the, on the part of uh, America. Canada really appreciates it, and it lifts us up and allows us to bring our genius. And we have lots of genius in Canada to bring to the uh, collaboration. Martin Short. Now, let's talk to the pilot. Let's, let's talk to... Uh, Victor, you're the pilot. 50 years since uh, we, we've been to the moon. What kind of upgrade has the tech gotten? Okay. Has the new capsule... Does it have Bluetooth? Can you, I sure can you do so. Apple CarPlay? How long do we have? Um, exactly. It, you know, the, the, a couple of big things are just manufacturing technology and computing technology. So you can make things faster and a little more robust, and you can put a lot more computing power in a small space. That's a big one. If you look at it, the capsule looks very much like the Apollo-era capsules. There's just a whole lot more horsepower stuffed in there. Your watch, you've got an Apple Watch, that has more computing power than the computers they were using to put people on the moon back in the late 60s and early 70s. True, and we still did it, though. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Slide rules. Right, right. That's slide rules. <laughs> Okay, so the, the three of you right here, uh, Jeremy, you have not been on the ISS, right? No. Okay, so the three of you have been on the ISS, and I'm proud to see, I got some photos here, 
that y'all have used the combined operational load-bearing external resistance treadmill, also known as the Colbert. Here you go. There you are. There you go. There you are, Christine. All right. Here, but can, can the two of you, Reed and uh, Christina, can you tell me what what are you doing here? What's go, what's going on? Every with time the we ride on this thing, it broke. <laughs> No, I'm you got to spring for the kidding. extended warranty next time. Uh, yeah. Yes. Did it, did it gum up often? <laughs> Not often. No. No. When I was up there, it just actually broke completely, and we had to bring out the spare and completely replace it. There's a That's spare? I, there was. It, there was. it got it's used. Gone. It got used. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's it? How do you? I've never actually actually used it. How do you use it? It's great. You put on a harness and you strap it down on either side, and you run just like a regular treadmill. Wow. Yeah. It's how, fantastic. How, how far would you go? I mean, obviously. At 17,500 miles an hour, you're going a long way. Going around the world. Yes. We, we've had people run marathons on it. We've had, really? we've had people do relay races uh, in yeah. concert with the ground. Uh, normally, we would run three or four miles on it. I, I have to tell you, that was the one piece of like mental therapy everybody needed. It's running on that treadmill gives you just a release of energy. It lets you focus. It get you know it gets you back in the game. It can also kick your butt out of the <laughs> Really? Some of my toughest workouts were when you take the treadmill in passive mode. So you don't use the motor. You have to push it. And yes. I did that prior to coming back to get ready for landing, being back on Earth. And those were some of my hardest workout days, actually. It's like a well, sled push. Well, Christina, yeah. you, you, of all the people here, you've been in space the longest, 328 days. Yes. <laughs> what were you trying to get away from? <laughs> I'm, I'm worried someone was trying to get away from me. Um. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Uh, that long, I know it was all, wasn't always in, you know, that yeah. wasn't in one pop, but when you're up there for a long period of time, what, what's fun to do? You know, we do work really hard on the weekdays, 12 hours of scheduled work a day, but on the weekends, we do have some free time. We have a good time, um, mainly just spending time with your crewmates. Our favorite thing to do was to get together for dinner and then uh, put on some karaoke and sing as long as we had the connection oh my to the God. internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in space, everyone can hear you sing. It's, well, it's terrible. Can you get a hot cup of coffee up there? Yes, Definitely. Absolutely. It's going to yes. be in a pouch. Well, you won't be able to smell bag. it. Hot bag of coffee. Hot bag of coffee. <laughs> at this point, that's what you could describe me as. <laughs> at 58, I'm just a hot bag of coffee at this point. Okay, uh, Jeremy, this is your first space trip. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pretty exciting. Do you have any questions? Like, for these guys? <laughs> Not for me, for these guys. Of, like, things they don't teach you in astronaut school. Well, yeah, there's de definitely a few. I, mean, I think there's a question we'll all have. We'll be the first humans to ride on this enormous rocket, and we'll be riding it up, and the whole way up we'll be like, is this normal? Is that normal? <laughs> I have no idea. What's that sound? No one, these guys aren't going to be able to help we me with that. Um, I think the big one that astronauts, kind of like the secret handshake that astronauts pass down from one to the other because nobody on the ground can train it, is uh, managing all the bodily functions because you get that wrong in space. And you don't have any more friends on board anymore. <laughs> That's true. Everybody's That's true. Now. That's true. But I don't think we can get into it here. Uh, no, there's gravity. It would be very hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is harrowing. Um, no, Kate, what about showering? How do you shower? You, you don't. don't. Not, yeah, not really running do you water. Keep, how long are you guys up there? How long is the actual journey going to be? Days. Ten days. Same clothes? Probably. Wow. Just, the majority uh, of it. Are you allowed to bring deodorant? <laughs> no. No? Well, you have to have an alcohol-free deodorant. So you, you, there are certain deodorants that you, that you can wear. So but for the environmental control systems, it's very, you have to be very particular what you're wearing and what oh, you're putting course. into the system. Of course. Who's going to stir the oxygen tanks? 
<laughs> Canada. Is it really going to be you? Well, I've been asking to throw at least once, one switch when I'm up there. And that might be it. Uh, Reed, UFOs <laughs> have... <laughs> if your likes backstage don't work, it's Jeremy's fault. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see how much you're laughing on day five. <laughs> Reed, UFOs have been in the news a lot lately. Some revelations from the Navy, other people, like some more credible sightings of the UFO. Do you believe, if, the three of you who've already been out there, do you believe there are UFOs out there? Like aliens are real? I might need to take the fifth because this might generate some tension on the crew. I worry about it, but looking out at night on the International Space Station and the, the billions of stars that you see, I am 100% convinced I'm looking at alien life out there. There's no doubt to me. Wow, okay. Anybody want to take that debate? No, Anybody want to take an opposite side in this debate? So, you know, all the, the time we spent looking, we, we look for signs of life, and we haven't found it yet. And so it's not even about belief. I, I just think the size of the universe, the known universe, we launched James Webb, the known universe is billions of light years across, and we haven't found any yet. So it just makes us feel really special. That's the part of it that really resonates with me. Well, let's talk about James Webb for just a second, because the James Webb telescope is parked about a million miles out, is my understanding. So how far are you guys going to go eventually? Because the moon, on average, about 250,000 miles away, something like that, and change. How far past that are you guys going to go? Mars. Yes. I mean, eventually. I mean, on this trip. <laughs> oh, this trip. So about uh, between five to 8,000, the diameter of the Earth will be yes. the distance of the Earth from the moon. Okay. So we won't get into a low orbit around the moon. Oh, but will you go, will you go past the moon? Because I've yes. been told that you're going to go further. How, how much further past the moon will you go? Up to 8,000 miles. Oh, just 8,000 miles right. past the moon. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I had heard 600,000 miles from someone. Oh, I was That's like, why the would they go out that far? That we'll oh, the travel. total distance yep. you would travel. Oh, so not mission. that far. Yeah, not much. <laughs> we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of the crew of Artemis II, everybody. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. How fast are you going at your top speed? It's interesting yeah. measuring speed in space. So, you know, we use, like, air density and, you know, to de determine Mach. So when we enter the atmosphere, we'll be going about Mach 25, 26, or 25,000 miles per hour. Seven miles a second. Wow. And, and how many Gs will you pull your maximum G going up or coming down? We should, we should be around eight, 8 to 10 at the absolute most coming home. But for most part, we'll be around 4 to 5. We, we should be pretty comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled 9 Gs once when I was, uh, with the Thunderbirds, and that's an inhuman feeling. Like, how long do you have to pull that? Going through reentry, it, it, yeah. it could be a little while, but you have to remember that we're, we're going to be kind of lying in a seat 
So we're not going to be fighter pilot G where it's going down, where you're yeah. going to pass out. This is kind of coming through us. So really, the only thing you feel is it's very hard to breathe, and your eyes kind of flatten down, so tears start coming out the back of your eyes a little bit. So it's perfectly uh, fine <laughs> if you don't want to breathe or have eyeballs. Oh. Other than that, it's just perfectly fine. Stop for any of it, though. Yes. And, and Victor just hit me. I forgot Jeremy's here. I'm sorry to share that with you. <laughs> too much, too much. Oh, it's, they're just Josh and Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Christina, I can't imagine the, the beauty of the Earth. Like, this is the shot from the Coppola in the International Space Station right up there. And I really like to watch the live HD cameras that are on the ISS kind of soothe me during the day. I'll just keep it up on my computer screen. But, but explain to me what the overview effect is. You know, it is absolutely gorgeous. Overview effect is when you're looking through that cupola, it's like the bay window, window looking down on the Earth, and you see just that, the Earth as it exists with the whole universe in the background. You see the thin blue line of the atmosphere, and then when you're on the dark side of the Earth, you actually see this very thin green line that shows you where the atmosphere is. And what you realize is every single person you know is sustained and inside of that green line. And everything else outside of it is completely inhospitable. You don't see borders. You don't see religious lines. You don't see political boundaries. All you see is Earth, and you see that we're way more alike than we are different. Well, when's the launch? Do we know yet? End of 2024. When is the uh, expected launch so date? We're hoping end of next year, but, but as the crew, we're never going to put a date on it. We're going to fly when the crew is ready and when NASA is ready and the vehicle is ready. Well, I know that you each have, you have, you have mission patches uh, when you go up into space, and so for completing your late show mission, we have patches for all of you here. Please pass those, pass those down. Thank you so much. The crew of Artemis Two: Christina Cook, Reed Wiseman, Victor Glover, and Jeremy Hansen. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast. Calling all vendors and non-vendors alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements. Wherever you get your podcasts.